Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. Welcome back to Inside the Den, Bobcat fans. Back at it. My guest this week is the head men basketball coach, Steve Harden. Steve, thanks for being on Inside the Den. Thanks for having me, Tim. All right, well, before we get going, I want to remind people and encourage people to go back uh, to episode number 35, which is the one before this recording, uh, and listen to our most recent one with Coach Callie Morrill from the women's soccer team. And I'm saying that because we did have a pretty big gap in between episodes from number 34 to 35. And uh, at the end of last season, uh, just things were happening on campus uh, and myself uh, right. that I had a bit of a gap in these episodes. And now I'm pretty pumped and excited to be getting these going and keep them going regularly. And yeah. Steve, I'm glad that you're here with me today to help me with that. For sure. Uh, I've always enjoyed our conversations about just coaching and, and the game of basketball. So uh, we'll get right into it. All right. You're like me, man. We've been around here a long time. <laughs> yes, sir. Compared to everyone else right. around us. So you're starting your 10th season as head coach here at Lee's McRae. And so what I'm curious about is you've been in coaching longer than that. But compare yourself now to the coach you are today, the person you are today, to that first-year coach here at Lee's McRae. And for you, as you kind of self-reflect, what is different and better now about Coach Steve Harden today versus back then? Good question, Good question right there. I guess um, a part of it is better, and then part of it is just different, I would say. Uh, First, uh, shout out again to Callie for getting uh, uh, Coach of the Year and coming yeah, back for exactly. her second little stint. It was my first year when she was here and uh, and went on and then came back. So that that's awesome. And we've had a lot going on in the whole two years for uh, for the world. So uh, uh, it's excuse excusable that uh, our podcast uh, was uh, yeah. a little little in between on a long time right there. So, uh, but for myself, um, I would I would have to say. Earlier, you know, naturally, um, the hunger and the excitement of, uh, of trying a new challenge, um, the arrogance of thinking that you can flip it super quick. Uh, those were also learning lessons. And then just uh, um, trying to make sure that we're uh, recruiting the right way um, and, and getting guys. I've always uh, kind of been known as a recruiter. Uh, so those parts of just – um, I think it took 10 years to really figure out the right fit uh, for Lee's McRae and maybe even more important, the right fit for my culture and program. And we've had a lot of good players along the way, and a lot of great people and um, and really good players and, and just overall good people for campus. Uh, but it just uh, – the right fit is when you know it, you know it. And, it. and it just took a little while to kind of figure out that, that right fit for uh, – for where we are in our climate, and then also uh, for how we are as a pr basketball program and a culture. Mm -hmm. It sounds like what you're describing is like there's a there's an on the court style to coaching, and then there is the off the court style yes. of coaching, and those are two very different things. Mm -hmm. And as you're talking, explaining that, 
Maybe you can touch on that a little bit because I, I feel like your on the court style has remained pretty consistent, but it's as you and I both have learned in this profession to get better on the court, you have to be better off the court right. or else those two are just, they're going to conflict. Yep. I agree. And I think, um, I will be honest with you. I think as we get older, um, as both of us have, unfortunately, and, <laughs> and as, uh, my family has grown um, with my wife and my kids is just uh, the time uh, that it takes. Like we're, I feel like my wife and myself were, were kind of born to help kids uh, as in second chances and well, try to figure in, out she's life. She's in the school system, Yes, correct? and now she's a principal, and so she deals with uh, – she, she misses being a teacher and being directly involved in that, and she's more on the – you know, na- naturally the administration side, so that's a whole different animal. But uh, uh, I think that the uh, overall part of you can see the good in the kid or, or you can see the, the young man that's trying to become a, a better man but, but might not know how to get there. We've always felt like that was our calling. Um, uh, but selfishly, uh, at the same time, uh, it takes a lot of time, you know, and the less, I guess, you have to change, the better off it is. So I, I guess that part of, of myself, good or bad, has, has changed in the 10 years of, of, of um, kids and, and situations that uh, uh, I guess we've gotten more polished kids now. And granted, that helps us, as getting better and, and uh, going through uh, some adversity and then going through some winning helps to get uh, a better player and an overall better person. You know, just that's why high major, high major uh, basketball teams get legit <laughs> high major kids slash players you, you know when you hear of a kid um, struggling it's usually one of a million but you'll hear it about it everywhere in the news because it's a rarity mm-hmm. that's true yeah when I got into coaching at it took a few years to learn the hard way that well I had to think about why I got into coaching right and at first it was just because of uh, being able to take on a new challenge and a new opportunity but I was a little too caught up in uh, a linear way of looking at how we are successful, say, on a bike and winning races instead of what does it actually take? Mm -hmm. And anyone out there who, yeah, if you're a teacher or uh, a coach or anyone in a profession where you truly are helping people, that has to be the reason why you get into it. You have to love to help people, help them be successful, help them get better. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that took me a few years to learn to backtrack from, well, how do we win races? Well, you got to be good people first mm-hmm. and you have to have good relationships. You have to have, be a good problem solver uh, and on and on before you can win on the court or on the bike. And that took me a few years to learn. And yep. even now that I've learned it, you realize, holy crap, this yep. is very challenging. It is. And, and it's, and it's ever changing. You know, the, uh, 10 plus years ago when I was coaching, it was literally, um, it was literally so different in society one two is, uh, with technology and naturally with the the phones and and how much (laughs) that advanced everything and social media and, and those. And so you, you know, you, you have a different type of kid and I don't like people saying, well, you know, back in my day and they're, it's just different. You know, they're, uh, kids are smarter nowadays. They understand more things now. They're, uh, they're probably tougher um, mentally just for the pure fact that they saw the good and the bad on, on social media out there in front of people, you know, and 
things that we was able to hide when we were younger. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that 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 it's just different and, and being able to handle the those type of uh, totally different personalities. We got to ever change and evolve. And, and I think it took me a little while and a couple uh, times, but I think now it's just for the pure fact of that. And just like you said, like um, uh, we're in it to, to try to get kids to be successful later on in life. Um, and I, but at the same time, I think it goes hand in hand. It's so hard to win, you know? And so if you're blessed to win um, anything and, and just, I just go back to the, when we won a conference championship and was in the NCAA tournament like that, that's so rarity to happen. You know, you get one team in your whole conference that's, that's going to win it. You get one national champion, you know, the, those type of things is, um, but at the same time, it creates such a different bond if you're able to do that. And you look at those past guys that graduated off of that, that team are all ultra successful at life. And I think that just a direct result of how successful they was on the floor slash off the floor was a driven different personality. Mm -hmm. You got to get a lot of things to happen. You can have those type of kids and not win a championship. It's not all about it, but I think it does go hand in hand with, with um, personalities and, and driven individuals. Yeah. Uh, we talk a lot on our team that I talk about congruence. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be a good person. You have to be a good student. I think those come first before being a good athlete. And if you can merge all those three, then you're in the sweet spot. Right. You know, that's when you have a chance to get in the zone and, and really perform at a high level in all these areas because, uh, yeah, we want to see them be successful later on in life and so that we can use those stories right. to help these people now mm-hmm. to say, look, you know, yeah, it's a burden. Like, it's a real burden right. to be, try to be your best in all these areas as you're growing up. Uh, but that's what it takes. Right. That's what it takes. Yeah. So, And also think, uh, just to add on to that, um, kids are so af- afraid to fail now mm-hmm. more than before and. and they don't understand that that's not really a negative. You know, it's, it's, it's so negative. And, uh, you know, myself as well as you, I know probably when we were growing up and from high school to college, we've had a lot of uh, times where we didn't really want people to know or talk about. And, and those, uh, those things are so much more now out in the open. And uh, I just think if we understand to correct them, but still love them on those, I think that fixes uh, a lot of, a lot of situations and especially on a small school, you know, where everybody's going to know anything and everything. I think if we're, if we're able to uh, um, understand it and detail discipline it, but also uh, move to create change to, to go better. I've saw those kids um, go on to have ultra success. That's later in life right now that, that we had guys that were really good, but they might've gotten trouble on, uh, in college, but also uh, uh, did a great job on the floor as well as off the floor since then and was changed. And I think that's, that's probably the hardest thing to do as a person is to admit when you mess up mm-hmm. and try to be better. And uh, the guys that did that, I probably I have the upper, upmost respect for those guys. Yeah, well, I, I, my team knows that I, I share with them about uh, one of the best books I think anybody can read, especially a younger person, is um, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he writes about in that book is how can you – fault a person how can you be upset with someone who uh, admits and owns their mistakes mm-hmm. and then does something to to remit you know right. amend that and be better and and so yeah i believe in that as well all right so let's get to the team yeah uh you, you have kicked off your season you started off uh and we have talked about this before uh you're picked fifth right 
uh, in Conference Carolinas. I'm curious. Uh, in my view, like those things are, they don't mean really mean anything. Right. However, do you use that in any way to, uh, you know, to, to your advantage to 100%. help your team? Yes. Yeah. How do you use that? Um, we're trying to, I, I would tell you wrong on the exact, um, uh, details of it because I'm bad about remembering the years before. Uh, we just kind of stay true into, into the process and to what we're in yet now. But um, I do know that we've never been picked higher than fifth. Mm. And we've been fifth to seventh uh, multiple years. And uh, and for the most part, we haven't finished lower than fourth uh, for multiple years um, now with, with also having a, a conference championship and then being picked seventh the year after that, which – it's semi-understandable because we lost 10 seniors. Right. But uh, um, uh, this year is a is an ultra-competitive league. Um, I think fifth is probably about right. You know, I think um, all five teams that were there could be one through five. And I think with us, um, with Quay going on to grad school and, and playing at University of Asheville now, uh, for my buddy, I think that is uh, uh, one of your major pieces gone. And uh, – I understood the the kind of fifth fourth uh, spot, uh, but it's always you can use it. It's always fuel to the fire that uh, you know guys are ultra competitive and ultra confident. Mm-hmm. So anytime they see less than one on their on their number, uh, they you know you can use it always. Yeah, well that's a good point about you know, because really it's a reflection of what how the other coaches see things exactly. And we're not always the best predictors. No. no. <laughs> we get things wrong a lot. Right. And so I think that's the fun part about sports is that you get to go out there and you can prove yourself right, right. just as much as you can prove other people wrong. Yeah. And uh, I think that's something I just have wondered, you know, how, yeah, because I've been here uh, as long as you have and no. I haven't seen us picked first no. before, or really, I don't know if any of our teams have been picked no. first and, and uh, and I think it it all gets decided on the field. It does, and it's and it's just a product of uh, each conference. I mean, you can look to blue bloods, the high majors, and the same ones are going to be high for the for the most of the time. And we're just a, a, a smaller school that uh, uh, it's not uh, are, the so called blue bloods are where they are uh, every year, no matter where they finish the, the year before. So that's yeah. just just part of um, what we all as coaches, I guess, feel like, uh, who has the, the most, um, um, opportunities to, to do things. And mm-hmm. so that, that's kind of how it goes. Well, there's a machine behind that, yes. you know, it's like you get that cycle going. You've talked about culture mm-hmm. a lot on this podcast and it's like, you have to get these, these pieces of the puzzle in place for then that machine to be churning and firing on all cylinders. And I feel like you and your program is, is in that, in that, uh, in that place where it all it's going to take is you know another one more season and right. then a, and up and the key is back to back seasons yes. of success. Yep. Where then all of a sudden it really takes off. And yep. so, right now you're two and one on the season. Yep. Got a couple few games under your belt, but um, first big home game is uh, against Chowan mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yes. We're recording this on the Monday. The yes. game is on a Tuesday. Uh, I know you're looking forward to it. You've yes. been hyping it and talking about yeah. it. How exciting is it for an opening night, first conference game, as a coach and as a player? Share what that what would just because that's a different vibe than yes. a middle of the season game. Yes, 
talk about opening night and how important that is. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable that um, it fell the way it does, and just the way the schedule falls out. And and we almost played LR at home and did, played them on the road, and they come to to our place next year. So it just kind of fell out that that's our first uh, home game, and and I just think there's an extra excitement just around the country at every game we've been to has been more crowded. It's just for the pure fact that everybody's finally getting to get out. Yeah. So that let's go watch some sports if it's whatever's going on, especially indoor and basketball. And, and, and small college basketball is a whole different level because you just get a better feel, you know, than going to uh, University of North Carolina or a game. It's just so so different feel on, on being right in the action. And so that uh, I think the extra excitement is, is there. Um, at Lenore Ryan the other day, I bet we had – 150 fans from Lee's McRae. We were more than they was. Uh, so that was that was fun. And so that just made me even more think about, you know, packing the den out and having a smaller smaller um, gym and being able to uh, just uh, have a lot of fun. We know how that was in the past and then how different it was with COVID. And that entire year is just, you know, just when you're talking about culture and building those. We had the right pieces last year and we had all the right, tools and and the world and covid shut us down too many times and mm-hmm. that's hard pill to swallow for myself and for our team and you know so many people wrote so many books about this and uh, quotes and everything about don't use it as a you know all these crutches and move on and those but it but reality is reality like like we tell our guys because it got to the point where they were too harsh on each other when we were when we were bad late and it was literally just because we haven't been together and not mm-hmm. being able to practice. And, and it hurt us uh, from the summertime until early, you know, October. And we had to fix a lot of issues, you know, from all the way from September to October on past games. But it really, you know, we really felt like that. Uh, and not taking anything away from anybody else or that won it, but we really felt like we got a ring stolen from us last year. I mean, we started off so hot and, mm-hmm. and shut down, you know, 40 plus days, you know? Yeah. And so that was just one of those things that, uh, uh, took a huge toll on our program and we're still building back from that. And, uh, that's why it's so exciting to finally have people in the stands and all that excitement drilling back to us. Yeah. Well, I, I know as, as a player, it's, you just, it's fun to play in front of your, yes. your, your friends, right. your colleagues, your family, and it be that, that first game at home is right. always just one of the more exciting ones until you like all games are fun and exciting, but uh, that first game and then also then the playoffs, you know, when you get to that point, there's just a completely different energy. And I agree about the intimacy of a gym yeah. and the setting of a gym. I've never been to Duke's basketball right. stadium, but I've heard it's a similar thing. Mm-hmm. It's just an intimate facility and that changes the vibe and energy you know, on both sides of right. the ball. And uh, I feel like we have that. We do. Yeah. I, uh, just multiple random fans will come up and emails or anything and say, hey, I went to, no disrespect to our brothers down the road, but App State or, or anywhere else and feel like a, a little fishbowl. I feel like a yeah. little person in there and it's quiet. Hey, if you're a fan in the stands and you say something out loud, Everyone else hears it. Exactly. The, exactly. Like the ref is going to hear you heckling yes. them. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then in our gym, it's just uh, so compact and so um, loud and, and with a low ceiling and exciting. And then and then I've had multiple people just send me with their kids. They just feel like they're a part of it because yeah. they're super close and they can 
touch our guys and you know and I, and I I just think for my own kids as just going to games when I was little just watching my dad's high school teams but I mean times that times 10 you're getting to see guys that can do amazing things with the ball and and high flyers and stuff that you watch on TV and you can get to see it up per, uh, close and personal in a uh, old tight gym like there's mm-hmm. nothing like it it just just breeds and feels basketball yeah yeah all right so this year uh looking at your roster you've got five seniors mm-hmm. and six juniors mm-hmm. so it appear it appears and i know the last couple of years has been tough right. on everyone from a game experience mm-hmm. standpoint but they're still they're becoming mature young men yes when you're a junior and a senior uh so you've know, got experience, you got some some leadership. Now as a coach, you know, what does this what does this mean to you to have eleven upperclassmen right. all the while knowing, you know, you've got to have some of that youthful right. energy and enthusiasm yes. too. Like how do you how do you balance between those two things and, and how do you take advantage of the experience and leadership that you've got? You know, we're blessed. We're blessed. Um, that's the positive. The negative is Every team in the country is old mm. and like super old. So, I mean, Southern Wesleyan, for example, has 11 seniors Ooh. and three grad transfers. So they literally have 14 guys on their team that are seniors plus that are seniors or higher, you know. And uh, so the whole the whole level of basketball is so old with all of this uh, COVID and everything else and, and just the circumstances. So uh, we are old. But we don't feel old, I guess, is just that part, except we're kind of injury prone right now. So maybe that the oldness is showing in a negative way uh, of those in practice. But no, the, the greatest thing is, I say that about that is uh, we do have seven seniors and a multitude of juniors, um, like roughly what you said. It might even be more than that. It's just I'm trying to figure out the numbers. Uh, but at the same time, we could have almost all of them back. And the same year again, you know, those juniors will be juniors and those seniors will be seniors. And or grad or grad seniors, however, because where everybody gets their year back, so uh, uh, that's a blessing. Uh, we've kind of had to understand with recruiting and how to handle that uh, with that part on figuring out who's staying and who's not, and all of those things. But um, and you're kind of referring to the the impact of the pandemic yes. and the eligibility rules that have changed with right. NCAA and how they're able to get that year back. Yes, which is all uh, everly involving. I mean, is a uh, evolving uh, door, if w- whatever you want to say, uh, it is uh, a whole new level of figuring out and recruiting. And, and I'm one of those guys that tries to stay ahead of the curve and jump on something before everybody else finds out about it. And so this is that new one where I don't know what's what it is. You know, the high majors went with grad transfers. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what what the uh, the niche is on on getting the best, the max out of the uh, the older guys. Uh, you've saw. Um, with high major basketball right now, the basketball is so much better. Uh, you don't have freshmen and sophomores. Now you'll see a lot of awesome plays with their sensational uh, talent, but where everybody's older, um, the high majors down, it's just so much better basketball right now. So uh, if you can, we keep telling our guys, if you can win this year in our conference and in our region and with our schedule, you have earned something this year and so that's we talk about that all the time and every team needs a chip on their shoulder Mm -hmm. and this team not taking away from any of our past teams but if we can win something this year it is earning earning something just for the pure fact that everybody is so old and good like there is no bad teams in the conference or in the region so that's that's uh 
uh, a thing. If you can, uh, if you really want to play the best of the best, this is a year to do it. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of times, uh, fans or parents or whomever may underestimate the importance or uh, importance might not be the right word, but just the difference between someone who's 22 yes. and 18 or 19 mm-hmm. in everything mm-hmm. and, and what they can do, uh, the mental emotional side of that, the difference between the two. And then if you add another year to that, mm-hmm. uh, it's, as you said, it, you're comparing to a, a graduate student to an undergraduate student, it's different worlds yep. and how that can then translate onto the court. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We haven't really seen the, the, what that's going really going to look like. Right. It should make for better basketball right. in the end, mm-hmm. which to your point, if you can do something special now in that environment, well, that's about as tough as it's going to get. Yes. Nice. All right. Um, but but oh, one other thing yep. I wanted to talk about with that is you and I were uh, discussing this before we were recording, and that is with uh, – because you've got, you've got one really well-known, fantastic leader on your team, mm-hmm. and he's known because he's the student body president. Right. <laughs> and uh, phenomenal young person, mm-hmm. and we were talking about him – uh, and this goes to the point of just leadership and maturity and how we as coaches, you know, we get these young people who come in and, and I think you and I feel the same that they all have the same opportunity, right? Starting out. Yeah. And every day their, their decisions, uh, get, you're going to find out over the course of time who makes the best decisions mm-hmm. and who go, who continues that upward trajectory mm-hmm. and who either just maintains and holds it and you know unfortunately quite a few kids uh suffer a little bit of a decline over the course of four years right uh and there's lots of reasons for that but how is it that you and i as coaches we we have that we provide that opportunity for everybody to have that same chance to make that trajectory uh as a person as a student as an athlete uh but how special is it when a kid uh like that comes along what that means for the program. Right. I think it's, uh, as we was talking before, it's almost once in a lifetime opportunities. Um, uh, if you're blessed to have multiple of those, then you're blessed, um, at any school. I think when we recruited London, he was a phenomenal, uh, individual then, and he's got a great family, great support system. And he is, uh, just a kid that we thought could succeed at, at on and off the floor at Lee's McRae. Uh, he came to our elite camp early. We recruited him pretty hard. Uh, he committed to us pretty much end of his sophomore year. So we got him early, which doesn't happen at our level. So it was a whole nother, um, added bonus, uh, that we felt like he was going to become Mr. Lee's McCray. And we envisioned, but he has actually did that, uh, um, in his time here. And, and it, he, like you said, I think it's just waking up every day and trying to do the max out of what you can do and, and he does a better job. I've learned tons from him, him myself. He does so much better job than I do of just wanting to be involved in so many different things and wanting to to be out on campus and talk to everybody and and those those type of things. And not only, but he also wants to be the best basketball player he can be. So he doesn't he doesn't let all his extra um, stuff affect his time in the gym. He's in the gym. He's probably in the gym right now. He's in the gym extra time, uh, getting up shots. And he, I, I don't know how. He has all that time in a day. <laughs> so his major is super hard, and then he's also involved in so many things on campus. Um, he's a senior. 
We thought we was going to get him back because he wants to play again, uh, but he just uh, accepted a major job that he's going to be making yeah. a lot of money. So uh, uh, we can't blame <laughs> him, him for that. And he yeah. is moving and, and going to move uh, away. And, and, and I think it was Texas, if I'm remembering right. So he's uh, uh, super excited about that too. So uh, he's actually even doing things at that. I mean, came up the other day, we were in getting ready to watch film and London's like, Hey, I got an hour with uh, my, my new job. Uh, do you want me to move it or do it? You know? So, I mean, he's, he just yeah. so, he's so super detailed on things that uh, um, keeps me on my toes. Yeah, well, at, yeah, we've had yeah those those moments are rare. The mm -hmm. athlete, there's a lot of good athletes, but then when they're when someone's able to really put everything together and uh, reap those rewards and 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 be known, uh, I think a lot of young people don't see that as something that's even a possibility. No, uh, but it is. I really think it is. Mm -hmm. Everyone can have their own, uh, you know, personal version of, of, as we've been saying in athletic departments, driving for excellence right. and that, you know, it's, it's hard for a lot of young people to see where they are today, see where someone like London is today and think that's even possible. Yes. But it starts with those daily decisions that you make as a freshman, mm -hmm. then a sophomore and a junior, and that you can do it. Right. Uh, your main, your name might not be in the paper. You might not be the class president, mm -hmm. but, uh, you can still get the most out of yourself because yep. five or 10 years from now, you want to be able to look back and say, I did everything I could to get the most out of that. Right. And not, not that kids are going off and regretting mm -hmm. a lot of things, but more times than not, athletes leave something yes. on the table. Yep. And they will regret it and they will call you later and tell you if I would just did this or if I would have just listened, you know, and that's, that's always gratifying um, parts as a coach, but it's also frustrating too. Cause you're like, what could I have did different right. just to get that out of them a little right. more, you know, on it, on or off the floor. And it's usually, like you said, a correlation of both. Uh, if you're good at one, you're usually good at the other. Uh, for the most part, you'll have special cases, but for the most part, that's, they, they go hand in hand and I, we're super blessed right now. I mean, London, is our spokesperson because the way he is at, uh, on campus. But we have a lot of guys that are um, into a lot of things and are uh, do a good job in the classroom and are involved in a lot of pieces. Um, Tamon Jones, our point guard, is also very entrepreneurship guy, and he's started a club on campus, and he's involved in a lot of things. And, and uh, I could go down the list with all of our guys. But I guess what I'm trying to say is this team is uh, built a lot like the team that we was blessed to win a championship with. And that doesn't mean that we're going to be able to put a ring on our finger or that happens. You got to get a lot of special things happen, but you can feel it, you know, on, on groups that are just together. Mm. And this group is like that. So, it, so it's just, it's fun to be around them every day. I've probably yelled at them more than I have in a while <laughs> well, because listen, we're wanting the max out of them. Your expectations are higher. Very, very much higher. You yes. know, and, and when that situation, when you're fortunate to be in that situation, it also, for you as a coach, uh, and I've been there too, whether it's for your team as a whole or you're, or you're just every day going to go to bat for one of your athletes, mm -hmm. is that it helps you get the most out of yourself mm -hmm. and, as a person and as a coach. And we coaches need that too. Yes. You know, I yeah. mean, yes, we get paid to do this. It's our job. But uh, it's those, those moments 
when you see young people just really giving their heart and soul yeah. into it in every shape, yeah. every manner, everything that makes you want to do, yes. you have to. Yeah, you don't want to shortchange no. them. And, all, and with the shortchange, like this year, what I said for, at the very start is competition is so high this year that the margin for error, in it, error is so minor. And to let what you're talking about, 18 through 20, whatever, 24-year-olds, we even say a little yeah. older, is uh, – uh, hard for them to understand that every possession, every single part on the floor is is super uh, important no matter who you're playing this year. And I think that's that's been my biggest uh, – what keeps me up at night is just that I know we have a chance, but I also know that there's a lot of teams that have a chance, and it's just those ones that can lock in on, on every, every uh, particular part that's going to have a chance to be special. Well – I think in the end, if you can if you can say that hey, we all did everything we right. could, then you can. There's you shouldn't hang your head. No, you you, you can hold your head high and feel good about what you did, yep. and and uh, and then just tip your cap to yep. the other people yep. and just say congrats. Right. And I think it it showed with our with our record right now. More importantly, our first game and we played Carson Newman, who was really good and was in the NCAA tournament last year and brought back every starter and every sub. So they've played, you know. 40 games together mm. and their home opener, you know, they finally got fans in there and the basket was the size of our lake out here. I mean, it, it was just, you know, yeah. they made every shot yeah. and, and we did not execute our um, scout game plan. Uh, we played okay, but we didn't do that. And that showed is what I think it helped us so much because not only did we get beat, we got hammered yeah. and that's the margin of error right now. Like if you're not mentally there, it's, it's not even close. And, and it's just the part of that. And I think, and, and to go on to say that Carson Newman goes King beats him the next night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, my, one of my best friends is now the coach at uh King who's our rival suppose, yeah. you know, and uh, uh, I talked to him the night before and he, executed our game plan he's like coach of thanks and i'm like well at least you did what we talked about and yeah. you know it just small things with that uh i think go and 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 uh tuscom we played tuscom in a scrimmage and tuscom upsets carson newman on that second shot and then carson newman loses on a last second shot to queens who is number five in the country mm. so just like i'm talking about the, the margin of error this year is so tight uh in division two basketball that uh um, you've got to be mentally and yeah. physically ready every night. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Sometimes, uh, I mean, getting the beat, getting beat is the best thing to happen yes. to you. Yep. You know, and it anything, is. anything, it anything is. in this life. All right, all right. So, last thing I want to talk about um, is what has been the impact of your father on you as a coach, because you are a coach's son, right? And there's a lot I don't know about that right. relationship uh, and your and your father's past, but I do know that he has had a tremendous impact on you. So share that a little bit. Right. Um, you know, I think it goes all the way back to how we're wired and how everybody is a coach. And naturally, most coaches all became a coach from a different way, uh, but we're all probably wired that way. Um, I felt like I knew I wanted to be a coach probably when I was five. And uh, um, I just – was in the gym all the time and uh, was always around it. And then uh, I got to be apprentice. I got to stay up at night and watch uh, my, my pops with his assistants and watch film and how they dissect things or how he uh, spent all the extra time at night, you know, or during the day or in the morning, like watching film and just understood, I guess, 
a little more than the average Joe on, on how that process is and how much time and dedication it takes to be called coach and to do it the right way. And um, I think that, that was probably the earliest, um, I guess, stuff that I learned the most from my dad. And then just the um, – he has this uncanny ability to, uh, you know, they say all the really good coaches could get the best out of their players. And, and uh, I think he had that. I'm not uh, – that, that part is not what I'm trying to toot his horn on. It was more on uh, the ability to make anybody, their average Joe or any of, the, any of them, uh, feel uh, involved and feel hugely uh, important in the process. And and if somebody was stepping out of line that it was a phenomenal player, he wasn't really a yeller, but he could he could say it in a way in practice or any of those that felt like, wow, I am being ultra selfish right now. You know, and, and, and I think that was his number one gift. And just being able to not care about the wins and losses, but at the same time want to be good. I think I probably learned the most out of him because when you get to college and work for a lot of other great coaches who were phenomenal, it is all about, you know, winning and losing is affects your job, you know. And so uh, learning that part with from him before it was, um, I guess, relevant as much, uh, I think it's is huge. I, I think that always made sure that other sports, you know, it was a coach that most places that was highly successful football places and pushed – uh, basketball guys to play football and to get the most. I played football. All my brothers did. Dad pushed us to do that because it was, hey, this is experience is going to be a phenomenal experience for you. It's different. You know, it makes you have to think different than you are on a basketball court or, or versus any sport that, that you play in. So I think that I think Dad, that was probably one of Dad's greatest um, assets was just being able to get uh, uh, players to uh, understand a little more, get them to – get where they needed to be, help them the best to help themselves to be better. Mm-hmm. Well, as you're explaining all that, and it makes me think about other things you've said in this conversation. I, it goes back again to just having a heart to help people. Yep. Like for the right reasons. Right. Yep. Uh, and for it, not only that, but for it to fit within how, uh, how that's going to help the whole team, mm-hmm. how helping this one person is going to help this other person. And, you know, we all learn through these shared experiences. Even if we're not experiencing it directly, our teammate is. We can learn from that. And, yeah, just having having a heart for helping people and, and you know, knowing that that's going to pay off in the long run. Because as you said earlier, a lot of times when – and we've all been there. Right. Like, we, we were in college. Yep. You know, we, we went through this. Yes. And it's hard to have a vision for what this is going to mean five and ten years down the road. But now that you and I have got some gray right. hairs and yes. like been around yes. a while, like we can't, we have that perspective yes. and we try to share that perspective while staying in the moment right, right now. And it's kind of hard to do, but yeah, having a heart to help yes. people. And I think that goes on to what you're talking about with what I said early on compared to now is, is as we get older, uh, something that happens, we might feel like, dang, like why that kid miss class? But where we've been so out of that for a long time, you look back and my assistants really helped me out. He's like, he, Coach Motley, who's probably going to be mad that I said this on there, but he, he, and he's like, Coach, I, I missed a lot of classes and still did well. <laughs> like, like, you know, those things, like it's not, you know, and, and just little things that, um, uh, that us, all of us uh, as coaches and administration that we need to 
sometimes we saw about that it's it's a kid be like we forget when we were 18 19 mm. to 24 years we old. definitely were not perfect yeah 100 percent. and there's <laughs> nobody is and that's part of college is learning those those lessons and learning yeah. how to you know be on your own and make yourself go to things and, and that's why I would, like what you said like the london's of the world and there's many of them yeah. you've had a lot of them and and it's just uh when you get those you just uh, that's a rarity and and I think we want it more as a uh, as a necessity, you know yeah. those those things. And and just to backtrack to tell you again about what we asked about pops. Uh, my dad is is now on staff uh, for us. He's oh, a volunteer nice. assistant and and on the bench, and he's been awesome to have. Um, just the guys love it because he's going one on one with them a lot and doing what he does best. And um, uh, he is he's so I guess humble and opposite about things is he. Mine and Coach Motley's relationship has been there for a good while, and he played for me, and he's been there, and he's been on staff for what eight, seven, eight years, however long it's been. Probably not that long, but it feels like it's been mm-hmm. a long time because we've kind of got our our little um, connection. And my dad is so worried about stepping on that. He's like, Coach Motley's the associate head; he's there. Like I'm down, and and being a regular assistant, but me and Sean all the time are like speak it like right. it's fine like like right. talk but it just shows of um of just his willingness just to help us and and wanting to be better as help us volunteer and and willing to drive up every day to just to help kids you know yeah. and to, and want to see me successful so that it's been fun it's been fun to have and and uh, uh he's been a head coach and most people would think he would talk too much and we're trying to get him to actually it's okay take the reins on this we're, yeah. we're fine with it well that's cool that you get to experience that with him yeah 100 uh yeah. with this team and hopefully down the road one of those things where everyone's gonna look back and say what a cool experience yes. that was yep. awesome well steve another one in the books yes sir thanks yep. for joining me on inside the den today appreciate you having me and, and i'm excited about getting the den back and and look forward to listening to much more all right thanks for listening y'all and go bobcats To listen to this episode again or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbombcats.com. Or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lees McRae Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats.